Welcome back to another episode of the podcast, From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. I am your host, Chris Swick. This podcast is all about sharing everyone's story. On this platform, I believe everyone's story is valuable. It does not matter what walk of life you come from. We talk about mental health addictions. Today, we're going to be talking about blended families. And I've had a former guest on from a long time ago when I started the pod. We, were, we talked about blended families then, and she's written some really good articles. But today I have Cecile Legere from the New Brunswick area of Canada. If you would like to let them know a little bit about yourself. And we also have her husband, Frank, on the show today too. Perfect. I'm a mom of two boys and a stepmom of two. So four boys between 12 and 17 years old. I'm also a nurse, but I left my research nurse career, what, 15 years? To become a small business owner of ice cream shops. So I own two ice cream shops. On top of that, I start blogging in October 2020 about the growing reality of blended families when two families become one. So that's a little bit about me. And so what was it like leaving your career to become an entrepreneur? Were you very overwhelmed at first? Yes, I took about a year uh, before I make the big change to, to buy my parents' business. I really love being a nurse and I think I'm still, I still consider myself as a nurse. I'm just not registered at this moment. I'm not active. That's probably why I start blogging because I felt like I was missing a part of me for helping others. Yeah. And how long has this ice cream shop or ice cream shops been in your family? Since you're 10. Yeah, 10 years. Holy cow. And yeah. you, so you bought these off your parents and you and your husband and boys now run them together? That's right. <laughs> and for when people are down in the New Brunswick area, what's the name of your shop and where can they come find? We have two locations, one in Dieppe, New Brunswick, and the other one is in Moncton, New Brunswick, which are basically side by side. The Dieppe location, we can, everything can be found online. So if you're traveling in and out this area, a quick Google search and will be the uh, number one pick to show up on your Google search so you can get an address and a map and go right straight to a store. We're called Benick. So Benick as in Ben and Nick. So the name is two boys for Cecile. <laughs> nice. Name in 2011, so. Nice, and those are your boys' names? Yes. They have something named after them and they got a famous ice cream shop now. <laughs> Except it's Ben and Nick. It's one of it my favorites too. <laughs> ben and Jerry's is one of my favorites. I, I, oh, I, I okay. always go to that. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably a part of us, like why I chose to keep the ice cream shop in our family. It has my name, like my son's name. So I wanted to keep it in the family. Yeah. That's amazing. Why do blended families fail more often than not? I think the reason why they fail, it's because we are teach. What is a traditional family from when we're a child and we're expecting to be the same, but it's not the same. So that's, I think, number one and lack of preparation and tools for a blended family because. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I totally agree. I think it makes a lot of sense that we, we grow up and I know I grew up with both of my parents not being a, a child of separation. You grew up in that. What used to be normal, and I think the new normal now is the opposite. You have more separated families than you have families that kind of go through the, the 30, 40, 50 years of marriage. And the tools don't exist. There's not a lot of it not easy to be found. I see the issue right now. And Cecil has done a, a good job of 
taking her passion and writing about the difficulties that we've had from the start and up until now and the problems and the difficulties they change as the years go by because the ages of the kids are, are different too so the problems that we have now are probably more issues that you have in a typical normal family then when we started it was more of the blended family i wouldn't call them struggles but and, and i i like that you said it too like i both my kids unfortunately i'm not saying it's unfortunate they both come from separate mothers like i have two previous relationships but when my, my son was very they get along great don't get me wrong but then having a partner now too there has its challenges because now there's another mother in the mix mother figure and Sometimes I find challenges too. My daughter doesn't want to listen. Like, she, I don't know if you guys have gone through this though, too. Like my daughter, you're not my mom. You're only my stepmom type of men, like mentality and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys went through those challenges too with your two boys together. What? Not, I hear that a lot, but for us, it was, we not took the role. Like I knew Jacob and Xavier, friends, Frank's um, kids, they had a mother and this is not, I didn't want to take her place. So I back out a little bit and played a role like a aunt would play. I, we didn't find that challenging as other family for that yeah, part. Yeah, and I think it's really because we discussed it ahead of time. For me, if, if one of my boys was doing something wrong or something needed to be said, it was my role at the beginning to talk to my boys. And Cecile was, would do the same thing with hers. So we separated the... I guess the punishments or whatever you want to call it, that role was very specific to the biological parent. Yes. And we did that for a good, probably three, four years before we started really stepping into a little more in the role. And even today, depending on the issue, I will, depending on the issue, we'll decide, okay, just, you can make the call. I'll support your vice versa. And Although we do the same thing at my house too, like with my daughter, not more so my son. And I'm not saying they're two, they're both kids. He's just, I think he's a little more mature than her as a teenager. I don't have to discipline. I don't even like calling it discipline, but when she's doing something wrong, but because we're under the same roof and when she's there every other weekend or every other week, if I don't step in though, either, like I let her, we'll talk about it later on, but not in front of her. You know what I mean? Like maybe we could yeah. do this differently or whatever, but I, I don't step in if she's disciplining because I don't want to take that away from her either. I want Madison to know that she is an authority figure to her in a sense. And she does have to listen to her too. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the best way to go for discipline. Frank and I did sit, sat together and decided what the house rule was. And we were going to be equal for all the boys. But if something went sideways, we, we had a role to play for our children. Yeah, and I think setting those house rules at the beginning is very important. I think it helped us immensely. That was Cecile's idea more than mine, because uh, to me it was, I was going to something new also, but Cecile had done a bit more research than I had on that side. And I think that really helped the situation quite a bit because whether or not you let it, we, we tend to believe that I was set, like we had our family ways and she had her family ways. And even though there was not a right or wrong answer, they weren't necessarily the same. So for example, sitting at the table, eating supper, uh, it's something that we all did as a family. We still do today, 12 to 17, when supper time comes, every member of the family is at the table for supper time. Yeah. That's the only time where you get the, to get everybody together and, and truly talk as a family. And, and it's not obvious for four boys to, to, to get any information out of them in the first place. So I think this kind of opens the door for a more comfortable conversation. 
And I like that you say that even at supper time now too, like going through therapy myself and not to take away from you guys, but when it's just my partner and I, we've ha- we have some questions we ask each other every night at dinner, just to have some conversation and ask how one another's day's gone. Is there something you could have done better today? Those types of questions. And is there something you'd like to work on as a team together? Like we ask those types of questions that's brought us closer together. And we try to eat when my daughter's there. It's hard sometimes with my work schedule and stuff, trying to eat together though, just sit around the, the breakfast nook or the kitchen island and just chat and stuff like that and try and keep the TV off though as much as possible. Yeah, there's no TV or phones at the, when the table kitchen time is just something that we yeah. they have their own time for that. But when, like say, when, when 5 or 5.30 hits or whatever supper's on the table, the next hour is nobody's staring at telephones and it's just no telephone on the table or anything like that. I think it's a tough thing for kids to do. It's tough for some adults to do actually. But that's something that we've been fortunate enough to start when you were young. So it's easier now, I guess. Most definitely. Think, That's good. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Cecile. Yeah, I think in a blended family, it's important in any family to have a tradition or things that you do to bond with your kids. In blended family, it's even more important because you don't start, you had different routine when from a house and from another. So I did want it to put routines like for, let's say like the supper, but also at night at 7.30, we shut down our phone, we watched uh, TV for a little bit before going to bed and it's been seven year almost eight year and the boys still do that at night and it's been our time together so yeah we used to get, all four boys would, would each get a choice of picking a, a 20 minute show and they would rotate throughout the nights of the week now we have three of the four that are older yeah. watching more mature cartoons or whatever or shows so they tend to go downstairs and, and do their own thing, but they still get together at 7.40. Their computers are off and they're getting snacks ready and they're sitting down at, uh, you know, three or four boys are watching their thing. And the fourth one, usually we're sitting upstairs and we're we're doing a little more of watching things that are maybe more appropriate for the age. Well, that's good that you guys set that time aside. That's very important to have that personable and family time together because you don't see it too often anymore with the fast-paced world we live in today. And the technology, like you guys said, it's crazy how young the kids are these days. And my daughter's no different, but, and my son, like how quick they catch on to what's on YouTube and how to work these devices these days. I I sometimes wished they never came about, you know, I wouldn't be where I I am today either, or would have came across you guys and doing this podcast if it wasn't for technology either. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the technology is fine. I think it's the overuse of technology that can become problematic. And, and my background is technology. So I'm not get opposed to technology. My background is computer science. That's where I started off. But I agree with you 100%. The devices have caused disconnects. And I think we, we see a lot of the kids having a harder time communicating, whether it's face-to-face or even in any social environment. We see it with, I see it with the oldest right now. It's more of a challenge for him. And I think it's something we have to work on. They're so accustomed to having a screen and being hidden behind it that the, uh, the, the, the norms of what we find, whether it's abundant family or normal family, it... And I found that too with myself, like even communication over the years, my communication lacked for a long time, especially when I come from, I'm in recovery. And I, when I was in active addiction, it was just me behind my phone texting people. I would never go out and have a social conversation in public or with people face to face. So... I sort of lost that, but I've really pushed myself, especially in my career in sales. You have to talk to people face to face now, or just in general, 
or talking to people like this, it's really helped me with my communication skills a long ways. But I find, yeah, the more you sit behind that screen and texting, and I even find it with clients too. They're more, they would rather text or email than rather just pick up the phone and talk. Uh, it's like, exactly. we can have this conversation done in five minutes instead of dragging it out for another hour, texting or emailing back and forth. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about teaching when maybe a text is, be- is better and when the phone calls better. And I think that's not always obvious. Yeah. But like I say, from our perspective, the boys have been pretty good. They've, they grew up with technology, of course, and it is something that they have in common, of course. So that was a common area that, that they all like games being boys so and that kind of <laughs> is a great segue another thing that we do is we play board games it's nice i, I board like board that we try to implement that at my house too especially with my daughter she has a few and i i used to re- i remember as a kid too and my mom still has all our board games my mom and dad do and when we go over there i'll pull out old ones too that my daughter likes to play that i played 25 30 years ago myself and it's just great to have that interaction and have that one-on-one time or that family time together with a child or all the children together too. Yeah. yeah. And, and they all enjoy it. Like we have quite a few board games now. We've collected them throughout the years. We must have, I don't know, 80 to hundred different board games. So what would be your top there, yeah. three then for the families out there that would be listening to this or people listening to this? Do you have a three favorite? It depends on the age category, really. Yeah. There's a difference between ages. From our perspective, 12 to 17, they do have preferences and they're not the same as they did five years ago. So right now, I think the ones that we, we play a lot are the ones like there's a game called Splendor, for example, that that game caught on. Everybody really gravitated towards it, including, you know, I, I, we've seen uh, Cecil's parents bought the game. They played it amongst themselves. Like, <laughs> this is a game that has really, within our, our inner circle, really caught on. Yeah. Uh, simple games. And we got, I got one of the boys that really likes Monopoly. We talk about classics. Everybody in the family doesn't necessarily like Monopoly, but you'll Everybody will bite the bullet and play a game every once in a while. That's right. Just to please the others. So we see that happening too. Card games. Nice. I like card games too. There's Crazy Eights. I I don't know if you guys play Euchre together, but there's so many awesome variations of card games that you can play as a family or as a group too. Yes, absolutely. And it's, again, it's, it all comes down to what Cecile was talking about earlier. It's finding that, that bond, that, that mutual thing or things that you have in common or enjoy. Uh, and it makes that connection much easier, short-term and long-term. They're going to remember this stuff as they grow up and they grow older. And you know, if you don't have anything in common with somebody, it's it makes it so much more difficult. And that's whether you're a child or an adult, it's the same thing in your work area. There's always these people you click with and others that are a lot more difficult to gel. And I think if you can get that them to gel at the early age, it makes the growing process of going through early childhood to being a teenager, which we have four now, and getting into an adult. No, most definitely. It makes the transition much, much easier, which leads me into my next question. Sorry, go ahead, Cecile. Just just an example, Frank's boys, they were more like keeping to themselves. So I had a hard time getting to them, and I found that really hard at the beginning. And I was trying, like they're in video games and stuff like that, and I'm not really into video games, and I was trying to get to them, to bond with them. And just board game came something that we had in common. So that's great. So I encourage like 
try to find something that they even if you don't like it at the beginning and try to talk with them they'll talk it's easier for them to talk about something they like so at supper time talk about something that i did ask question about their video games even if i had no idea what it was to get Just to go know with them it. so i think it's something really important that all like a stepmom or stepdad just try to bond with them it's find something they love to do it's it it will be easier to uh, have a con conversation with them i like, I like that you say that for sure find that common ground it's it's even and it works with partners too like sometimes we both do things me and megan and myself we both do things some, sometimes i don't like doing the things she likes to do but you know what i've come to like those things i, I don't have to right. like them full and full but She's also come to like things that I like to do too. Like whether it be like, I love fishing and she hated fishing. She had no, no interest in it at all before, like before she met me, she couldn't see, she even told me when we first met, she would never be going with me. And now she comes with me. She has her own fishing rod and she plans dates and we go fishing together sometimes. It's not always what you do. It's, it's a company you're with. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, you had something to say. Yeah, we're talking about th things we're talking about now. A lot. Of, I know we're talking about step families uh, and blended families, but a lot of the, the same issues that we see and the things that we talk about, and, and Cecil writes about a lot in her blog, are very much applicable to normal families too. And like I mentioned at, at the start of it, our, the problems do change as time goes by, but we seem to, that the blended family, which was, two families with kind of a line in between and you try to blend yourself together. Once you start blending, the problems become more what you would see in a normal family. So that, that once you see, once you start seeing those issues arise and these are always little problems, that means you're probably succeeding because you've, you're now stepping into the side of a normal family or what's considered, what used to be considered normal, I guess. No, I like that you say that too, because there's so many blended families out there. It used to be, almost like a quote unquote taboo thing many years ago, but it's, it's very common now to have a blended family. Like myself as well as you, Frank, I came from a home that my parents are ha been happily married now. I think it was 45 or 46 years this past July, but you don't see it all that often anymore. The, them la these relationships lasting that long, unfortunately, but it can work as a blended family or as a normal family too. You just got to be willing to put the work in too, like you said exactly it's you have to put the work and it's still taboo we don't talk much about it like when i meet new people or and i tell them what i do and what i love about blended families some will ask me what's a blended family they have no idea because they never and they don't realize like the unique challenges of a blended family or a step family there's so many words too right, that we use just in Canada, just to say, Stat Canada in 2017, there is three, 350,000 living as a blended family today. Yeah. Not people, living. but family. Yeah. Children yeah. between the age of zero and 14. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And that number is probably much larger today. That's crazy. But you know what? It's nice to see that it can work and you guys have proven it can work you get eight years and strong and going it can so. work yes and my blog in my blog i also want to be like the children's voice too they're so little they don't know what's going on and i think like the first few years of our blended family was really hard for me like hard enough that you just want to quit and leave 
And I, my perception changed when I was able to put myself in the children's shoes or perspective. When I saw what they were going through, everything changed for me. Because, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's hard for them. They have to grieve their parents' divorce. Like, it's a loss for them, like, where they should feel, like, comfort and stuff like that. Their house is broken, and they have to grieve that. Sometimes they're mad, and they don't like the stepmom or stepdad, or they're, they're angry. But behind that angry, it's sadness. So when you understand that, you can get more, com like, comfort. Comfort, yeah. So yeah, we have to remember that as a couple, we chose each other. The kids did not choose the other kids or the other parents. So they're they're being thrown into a situation while we're we have chosen to walk into that situation. So it's different. Yeah, I like that you say that though. You have to, and that doesn't just go for you know step parents or anything. It can go for anything in life. You got to really show empathy and compassion and put yourself in those uh, anyone's shoes and just show that you actually care, you love them, you, you are with them, you are on their side you, and, and take yourself out of your shoes and don't be selfish and be selfless as they say. Or even get mad at them. I, I see stories, people get mad like at their stepchildren because they don't like them, but they don't go see what's underneath because sometimes it's not even about you. It's just they're in pain they probably didn't grieve or didn't accept their parents' divorce yet. Because most of adults, when we get a divorce, it's not someday everything is good and then we're getting a divorce. But for the kids, they probably didn't even notice before we tell them, you know what, we're getting a separation. So they're just starting their grieving that day. And ours, as parents, we've been grieving maybe like for a year or two or three before it happened. And those kids, they can't tell us, hey, I'm grieving. They have no idea what it is. Yeah, no. and the age of the child also makes a big difference here. We saw, we get, let's say, having four boys being a difference of five years apart, they all lived this differently. Like mine were older, hers were younger. I can see that from my oldest, he probably, like, for him, was probably the, old, the oldest that took it the hardest because he understood more. Versus the youngest, I've been, he's been living with me longer than he did lived with his biological father. So I'm the normal for him. Yeah. So it's, it's a different perspective depending on, on the age of the child. I can't imagine no, we're at 15 or 16 going through this, right? Yeah, it affects everyone differently for sure. And I even, I see it in my daughter. Sometimes the questions arise, why do I have, why do me and my brother don't have the same mom? Why do, you know, why just the whys, the whys. She's six, yeah. so she doesn't understand She's everything. Sick. She's just trying to understand her mentality and her level. So you, sometimes you got to explain it more in layman's terms to her sort of thing. And yeah, no, it's not easy for them for sure. No. And like in the U S alone, they say that 1300 blended family are formed every day. That's a lot. And if we say that 60, 60 or 70% of blended family fails, that's a lot. So they're yeah. going to have another loss. Those kids, are going to have a second loss if we don't make it. Then we can start talking about trust issues when you grow up. Our relationship no, it's so true. They don't like, know what to do. Yeah. And they don't just, know right from wrong or they see the way yeah. whatever parents, either the male or the female, it doesn't matter, but, oh, he, daddy or mommy has a new boyfriend all the time or whatnot. They don't know who to trust or what to do or exactly. what way to. And 
the attachment. Am I going to attach to that boy that's here or that man that's going to be here for a year? So it's going to be harder when it, so when I think it's great if you're planning on becoming a blended family to get prepared and make sure that from your knowledge, this is something for long-term before the kids get involved. I yeah. think it's very important. And timing for that is different for every family. Yes, but that's right. I, I think your kids best, of course. We didn't, like they, the kids only met later on. We took our time because we wanted to make sure this wasn't going to be in and out a relationship that wasn't going to last. Yeah. So it, it's just things that you look at. And you, you can't foreshadow what's going to happen, but you try to do your best. No, that makes total sense, Frank, for sure. So how do you inspire blended families today, Cecile? Well, it started just after we got married in 2000. 18 oh sorry <laughs> that i i knew i wanted to help blended family because i think the worst couple of years after you pass that lump like after three years it gets better but people don't get like when it's hard they just leave and i think if people can surpass like the three three years it gets better and i wanted to get that word out and give them like t tools and positive strategies how to make it work. So I never thought I would be blogging. I'm not a good writer. I'm French and I would write in French, but I knew Frank and I discussed about that. And I think writing in English, I'll, I'll get more people uh, to read and help more people out there. So that's why um, writing in English helped me out with all my grammar and all the things. <laughs> At the start, I used to pretty much rewrite it from scratch. Yeah. But the important thing was the ideas and the base was very well prepared. So it was easy for me to do that. But there's a lot of time, Cecilia, you, you see the improvements for those who may or may not have read her as from the first article over to what's been written lately. Improvements in the way that information is passed, uh, the thought process, the timelines. It's something that I think was, she's very passionate about. I think it's, it's been good for both of us, actually. Yeah. Even the kids have been involved. Yeah, the kids are involved in the blog and they're really, they're reading it. Really, That's amazing. Where can people, I found, guys, I found Cecile and her family on Instagram. My, actually, my partner, Megan, told me about you. She said, you got to go follow that page, maybe get her on your show. So I reached out. I have, I have, I, I just go do did. things. And she'd been following you and just getting tips for her blended family. She, we don't have children together, but it's still a blended family. Exactly. And, we don't have kids together either. Yeah. And then where can they find you on Instagram? That's where I found you guys and follow your story. You guys share everything on there, little bits of your days and you share little bits about each and every one of the kids and the boys and introduced everyone and the family dog, I do believe is in there somewhere too. That's right. That's where the name come from. It's okay. Ella, our dog. We are the only females in the family, me and Ella. So that's why the name came with Ella's blended family because she's the last one to complete our family. So... Yeah. Yeah. Instagram is at Ella's Blended. Nice. That's yeah. So guys, go name. follow Cecile and Ella's blended, blended family over on Instagram. And she shares great information and stuff like that. My next and question. Though, have, sorry, I go have ahead. A blog, uh, I have a blog page also, and it's yes. ellasblendedfamily.com. Okay. ellasblendedfamily.com, everyone. If you want to read Cecile's blog, and Frank does help out a lot over there as well. So feel free to head over to ellisblendedfamily.com and you can check out her blog as well. What are some growing uh, realities about blended families today, 
Wow, that's a tough question. I, I think you talked about it a little earlier when you mentioned the fact that the world is going by so fast. Reality is definitely having time. Like for us, we have four boys, which means we can spend time as a family, but to get some one-on-one time, it becomes more difficult. I think that's one thing that I think you'll see in blended families is having the time to bond. That one-on-one time is also important as much as it is for, to get the whole family together. So that's, I think that's one thing that we, could, we can definitely talk about. Second, we grew up in my childhood was 80s, 90s, right? This kind of dates my age, but that's where I was. We're in the same era then, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the way we, what we had to go through back then is not the same difficulties as the kids have today. So in order to understand what they're going through, it's it's sometimes difficult to realize the differences between what we did then versus what we did now. So the way I was raised back then, I think it's still a point, put that across the table earlier, is that you can't really do that today because it's no longer, it's not as applicable or it may not no longer be applicable in today's society. So I think those are the two major difficulties we have from blended family stand is it's really just the, the how to adapt with today's society because of the fact that there's so many blended families. I still, I, I can't, I remember this a couple of years ago. This is before I met Cecile. I, I never forgot this comment. A friend of mine got divorced and the child came home and was happy about it because finally she was going to be in the popular group at school because most of the kids' parents were divorced. Now think about that for a second, but at, this is at an 11 year old age, right? Where didn't really understood, but didn't understand. So back when I was young, I didn't know anybody that was divorced, right? Nobody would say it. It was not, it was taboo, like we mentioned earlier. So it's really bizarre to, to, to think that today kids are the minority have parents that are together. So it's another difficulty is to, to tell them, look, things didn't work out with you know, me and your mother or me and your father. However, we, we want to teach them to not follow in our footsteps if possible. It's do not give up when it becomes hard. It's, it's teaching them to do that stuff when, from their perspective, maybe we gave up too early. It's, it's tough. And I like that you say that too. Like we, my son's mother and I, we've come to a point now. Yeah, when we first split up, we wouldn't be at the point we were if we didn't go through the things we did. Well, we're at a point now where we can support one another or she'll actually call, we'll even though he's a teenager, hey, is it okay if he does this? We communicate. Communication's key, even with the separated partners as well between the children. If you're going to do something at the try and do it the same way they do it at their house too. It's not different from house to house, like going between the houses either. If she's going to get in trouble for, let's say, talking back, which they should never do, but if they're going to get in trouble, we're going to do the same thing here. You're going to go on a five-minute timeout or whatever it is that you guys decide is the discipline. Try and keep it the same though between both houses. That's great, Chris, that you guys can do that. It's not the norm that both houses can talk and co-parent and make sure it's, it's, it can be very tough. And it won't, we didn't get to this point just overnight here. I'll tell you, it took years, especially even being apart from his mother for almost 13 years now. And my daughter's mother, we've been apart since she was a year and a little bit. So that's five years, but it it was never like that. It's slowly, gradually gotten better. You know what I mean? It takes time. It takes time, yeah. It needs to heal before it can get back to a little normal. Exactly. Yeah. Just being civil is the key. Like we, we don't need to sit there and fight in front of them. That's why we That's right. one of the reasons we did split up because we didn't get along. So yeah. but yeah. It, it, so. Does, it doesn't mean you gotta remember the kids love both parents. They love both. The fact that you don't wanna 
trying to put your kid against another because that's never going to be a good thing. No, I, I don't believe using the children as pawns is ever good at all. And even if your belief or your values are not the same on the same page, I think we should, yeah, you should really try to make it good between the two partner because the kids, they don't want to choose. They're part of them. So Most definitely. So before we go, I like to call it my what the fuck question. That's what I call it, guys. So I have, what's the most ridiculous fact, Cecile? Okay. About blended families? Anything. About anything. On the spot. On the spot. Just thinking. I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. I. Do you have a ridiculous fact about nursing? A ridiculous fact about anything? Blended families can do too. (laughs) Yeah, but... I don't know. I don't know. I got so many ridiculous facts in my brain that takes up all the space. Sweet. Well, uh, Frank's got one for us today, guys. I, I should have to pull one out here. Ridiculous fact. I, I think I work in the gaming industry. So slot machines is my, my second job or my first job. And I know that's always a, a subject that people come out with. So fact, fact is that probably 80% of the population that play slot machines believe that the games can be fixed. So they believe that if they hit the, pre- the, the button fast enough, they can beat the game. I can tell you from years and years of experience, it is not, that's, not, that's false. It's not a fact. I've heard many people thinking the same thing. These people that go into the casinos all the time, you got to play it this way. You got to do it this. You got to go at a certain time and you'll win. And it's not the fact. It's just the luck of the draw. It's like the lottery. And it's only for our, it's entertainment purposes only. So before we go again, guys, you guys want to drop your socials and stuff again and let them know where they can come find you and check out your blog and stuff. Yeah. Our blog is lsblendedfamily.com. Our handle for Instagram is Ella underscore, right? Blended family underscore. I'll make sure we get the right information. Oh, there you go. Frank's going to check it out just to make sure the handle is that. We also have Facebook group and I have a Facebook support group also. It's a private one you can ask to join and uh, okay. we talk and we let uh, blended family vent or give tips or anything or ask for support. That's amazing, guys. Well, I truly appreciate you both taking the time out of your day and Frank for rushing home from work to help us out today. No, it was, it was great to chat with both of you and get points of view from the male and female side of things on blended families. It was really awesome to chat with you both today. Thank you again. Well, thank you so much for your invitation and also what you do, Chris. I've been listening to your podcast and it's helping a lot of people. Yeah. Thank you so much. Doing an amazing job. It's getting the message out there is so difficult sometimes and people are afraid to talk about certain things. So opening it up makes, especially for somebody who may not be willing to talk about it openly, can listen at the very least and hopefully they get something out of it. And I find that too, like I've had many people that have never been on podcasts before or share things they've never shared before until they come on the show. And it's just nice being vulnerable. I find being vulnerable really helps me. It has helped me along the way in my recovery and has helped many others. Like just getting that shit off your chest, as they say, and it just lifts that weight off you. And, and it's it's a whole new world out there than when you get that stuff off you. I totally agree. Yeah, I've listened to a few podcasts uh, yesterday too. And, you know, you can feel that. And when you listen to something like that, you can really, you can see it in you. Like you, you can connect with those people too. So they're making an impact and they don't even know it. 
And what's good here too is sometimes you'll hear something go, I never thought of that. That yeah. really hits home. Thanks again for coming on the show today, guys. I truly appreciate it again. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Say hi <laughs> Thanks, to guys. me. Again.